It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. More and more couples are divorcing later in life. As the divorce rate for older adults soars, so does the number of adult children who are experiencing parental divorce, and these children are often overlooked. According to today's guests, Dr. Carol Hughes and Bruce Fredenberg, whenever the children of gray divorce express their feelings and experiences, the most important people in their lives frequently ignore and dismiss them. This leaves them in different stages of shock, fear, and dramatic change, feeling misunderstood and painfully alone. Dr. Hughes is a marriage and family therapist and family-focused divorce professional. Bruce has been a California-licensed marriage and family therapist for more than 30 years and is board-certified in clinical hypnosis. They are the co-authors of the book, Home Will Never Be the Same Again, A Guide for Adult Children of Gray Divorce. Welcome, Carol and Bruce. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yes, yes. So, Carol, let's begin with you. We often hear the term gray divorce. What does this mean? Gray divorce is a term that was coined by some researchers in 2012 at Bowling Green University when they were studying the census information. Uh, And it refers to uh, people who are 50 years and older and all the way up to older and 65 and past that. How prevalent is gray divorce? Well, it's very prevalent. It has doubled. These researchers discovered it has doubled since between 1990 and 2015, and they have projected that it will triple by 2030. So, Bruce, why do you believe this is happening? Why are people divorcing later in life? I mean, you tend to think after putting 30, 40 years into a relationship that you're pretty much going to ride out the rest of your life with that person. Well, there's a number of factors. One is uh, people grew up, well, the, the Generation Xers and the Baby Boomers grew up in a time when divorce was more acceptable. So it isn't the taboo that it might have been for uh, previous generations. Also, people are living somewhat longer and at least are healthier uh, as we get older. And so a lot of times people who may be married when they were young discover as they go forward that they really don't have that much in common but they did concentrate on raising their kids or building their careers. But now that it's uh, past, the kids have left. In fact, the Japanese call it retired husband syndrome. People are finding they're not happy and they're looking ahead. They don't really want to spend their time just tolerating each other. And it's interesting to find that women um, are usually the ones to initiate the divorce in this demographic. So we're thinking that if they're not getting satisfaction from the marriage, they want to go somewhere and get it. Well, and I was going to ask you about that regarding women. Is it because we have more options, we can go out and make our own living? Do you think that's why it's happening? Yes, uh, I think that's a big part of it because economics are that uh, women used to be more dependent on their husband. And as you pointed out, you've benefited from the, the, the movement that changed all that. And so they don't really have to stick around. They even have their own retirement plans. They have their own uh, social security. So if they're not happy, they're not stuck there for economics. 
I'm actually a, a pretty good example of what you're talking about. I put my career on hold when I had my two children, and I was a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom for 17 years. And then when I was in my early 40s, after being married 23 years, I, you know, basically looked in the mirror and said, well, what about me? You know, I lost my identity. And it was in trying to reclaim who I was that I changed the dynamics of our relationship. And my husband wasn't on board with my searching for you know, figuring out what I could do. And, and my marriage ended up failing after 23 years. Well, um, we should have interviewed you. This would have been great for the book. <laughs> it's a very common story. And, it, you know, I, when I went through it, I didn't understand what was happening in our relationship. I couldn't understand why he didn't support me. My thinking was, if you love me, you'd want me to be happy. But I, I come to learn, and I think so many people do this in the relationship, we created our dance. It was our, you know, the way our relationship was. And when one person disrupts that or tries to change the dance, you either have someone who will go along with you or there's resistance. Carol, do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. And you brought up being one of the first generations to benefit from the women's movement. Uh, what we know from the research is that the Gen Xers and the baby boomers grew up at a time when marriage and divorce were evolving very much differently than they had in the previous generation. And divorce was becoming more acceptable. So it did give, especially women who were coming from different places in the previous generation, the opportunities and the validation to do exactly what you did, is to look at yourself in the mirror and say, who am I, where am I going, is this where I want to be in my life? And that's when I started all of the work that I'm doing, middle age, founded my first company after being out of the workforce all of those years. And everything that I have created has been from that moment in time. And, and actually, on top of the divorce, I lost my mother and sister. They passed away. So everything about change was literally from the experiences that I had. Right. And what we also know from the research of the demographics is that in the United States, there are more uh, women who are mothers as well who are working outside the home than there are mothers who are staying home and making children. So I know when I got divorced, my sons were 17 and 14. And I was concerned about how the divorce would affect them. And we tend to think about how it affects younger children. You know, we worry about everything that we do, how we'll co-parent and how we'll try to mitigate the damage that will, you know, be inflicted upon them. But what about the older children, Bruce, why is it we don't really tend to consider them in the equation? Um, well, Joan, part of it is the, the legal system. Um, when most people divorce, they, they litigate. And the lawyers tell the parents that the adult children are not a legal concern. And so the parents get told you don't have to worry about them. And perhaps in your own divorce, you went through the experience of really being caught up in, at least a lot of people are caught up and overwhelmed by their own feelings of sadness or anger or fear or even confusion. And so the idea that they don't have to worry about their adult kids is, is very, very attractive because that's one less thing to worry about. And it is kind of a cultural myth. People think that, well, you're an adult, you know, you should just get over it. Why are you being bothered by this now? And actually, uh, adult children, their lives get disrupted a lot. Their family that is really the, the family, the only family they knew their entire life 
is suddenly disintegrating. They're wondering uh, sometimes um, what's going to happen to me, because that's a pretty common thing. If they're a young adult in college, they might be wondering, am I going to still get any financial support? They might be worried about how mom or dad is doing, and so they don't want to add to the burden, and so they act like everything's fine. But if you really think about it, it's it's one of the most momentous things that could happen, and a lot of adult children tell us it's it's almost like a death of a close family member. And But because people don't really recognize that um, this is going on for them, they just get dismissed, and, it move, and people move on. So they experience the same type of feelings. Do they also experience that feeling of not wanting to take sides or, you know, will mom get mad if I spend more time with dad? Do adult children have those feelings as well? Absolutely. It's really common in families for uh, people to be recruited to take up sides uh, because each parent has their own family of origin and their their parents or their siblings are, of course, going to side much of the time with with their their brother or sister. So they might start bad-mouthing one parent in front of the adult children and expect the other one to join in. One parent might be feeling angry or betrayed. Uh, sometimes siblings will take different sides and they'll insist that the other one join them. And, and then if they're married themselves and they have a family and they have to provide financial uh, assistance for one of the parents, uh, that can put a strain on their own marriage. And so all those things are going on at once. And so, Carol, do we end up hurting our children possibly more because we think, oh, they can handle it and we may do more to them that we wouldn't do to a child? Yes, that's a very good way to say it, Joan. Uh, what happens is that uh, in our research and in other research that's been done, the little bit that has been done, common common uh, quotes that we hear from these adult children is, I felt invisible. Uh, I felt like uh, my family was sucked into a volcano. They were my rock and they disappeared. I felt like I was out on the skinny branches. I mean, that's momentous compared to, certainly in our culture, in the U.S., we do focus on the minor ch- children and worry, you know, how they're doing, and there's all kinds of education about that. But this is really, the adult children are really an unserved population because we treat them as though they're invisible in our culture. And Carol, assuming that there's no abuse or something dangerous taking place within a relationship, I would think that adult children looking at parents that are married 35, 40, 45 years that they would be blindsided by this. This is something they would never see coming. Exactly. That's, again, what adult children report. Even if they, they, they were arguing and some skirmishes along the years, you know, uh, and they might have even thought, they say, I might have even thought, well, one day they'll probably get divorced. But when it really happens, it shakes them to their core. Or those, these are the kind of words that they use. So, yeah, it, it's quite a momentous occasion. And Bruce, do you have any advice as to how a couple can break the news to their adult children? Uh, Yes, it's best if they can all get together in person. And that's a real challenge in this certain uh, environment we're in right now. But if they were to sit down the parents together, the co-parents, and figure out a plan, figure out exactly what they're going to tell their adult children, not to blame each other. Um, They don't need to tell them all the intimate details of their life or the infidelities or disappointments. And so if the biggest thing I think that parents can do is to encourage their adult children not to take sides and to not to initiate having them take sides. And if they can do that, that really spares them a lot of pain going forward. 
Carol, anything to add to that? Yes, I was going to say what we tell adult children and their parents when we work with them is that the parents are divorcing each other, not you. And the same we say to the parents, you're ending your marriage, not your family. And the more that they can preserve that family unit, we outline ways for them to do that in our book, the better everyone's going to be uh, because family is forever. And so when an adult child who could be possibly 30, 35, and this person is married and has his or her own children, own family, and they look at their parents' marriage and, you know, they see them married 40-something years and they think, you know, that's the couple that I want to serve as my role model. And then their parents break up. What type of an impact then does that have on the child when he or she views their own marriage? That's part of the shock. That's part, thank you. That's part of the shock that adult children go through because they have often used their parents as the role model, consciously or unconsciously, and all of a sudden they're breaking apart. And again, the research shows that very often these adult children start questioning their own marriage or relationship, wondering if the proverbial apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you know, if one of the parents is the one who initiated the divorce or affairs, and uh, maybe the parents have always been, you know, quite straight-laced, and now they're out being, you know, dating and you know, being with many different people. And a lot of times the adult children start to follow that, mm-hmm. that model, which is quite upsetting. So if that does happen, we always encourage these adult children to seek some professional help, either a counselor or a clergy, so they can talk through is they're acting out maybe or they're questioning part of their reaction to their parents' divorce rather than it's really about who they are as their own person. And Bruce, middle-aged children, you know, 30s, 40s, they have parents now that are in their 60s, 70s, and these parents decide to get divorced. Let's say uh, one member of the couple cheated on the other, and so you may even have a parent who's been blindsided by the situation. And so now you have a child who has the concern of a parent aging, which is in any situation a concern for a child. How will that parent be able to live on his or her own? But on top of that, you have the parent now left on their own. What type of situation does that set up for these children? And what advice do you have for them to figure out how to navigate that? Wow, you really encapsulated all the things that are going on for that demographic. And one of the things that happens is they're often shocked and surprised by their own reaction. And they wonder if there's something wrong with them for being so disturbed about their parents' divorce, especially if the parents uh, um, weren't getting along. But as you said, if they have been getting along and it's fine, um, these parents, the ones who are middle-aged are now having to look at if they have their own kids, how's that going to affect them? Is there going to be loss of contact with the grandparent? Those adult children are facing um, what uh, we term the nevers. There's never going to be any more family gatherings where everybody gets together. There's never going to be um, any peace in this family. They start Uh, wondering what's going to happen to them. Uh, A lot of them use the word surreal, or they'll wonder, was it all smoke and mirrors? And that can cause conflict in their own marriage, too, because if if one of the adult children feels that they need to or has been recruited to provide financial aid to one of the parents, that can obviously put 
financial strain on their family and their partner might not want to go along with it. And there's just so many layers on this, which is why we, as Carol mentioned, uh, encourage people to get some professional help if they can't manage their own emotions. Because the divorcing parents each have a different relationship with each other than their adult children had with them. And so a lot of times one of the parents will want to turn their adult child into their confidant and make them an ally. And it becomes a boundary issue for the other siblings, for the other members of the family. And and so people, the whole family really needs to have a discussion about what they want to do, what's appropriate, what's not. And most people can't do that by themselves. So again, we recommend they go to clergy or they go to a counselor, a therapist, someone other than um, the adult children trying to counsel their parents or the uh, parents themselves trying to turn the adult children into their counselors or their unilateral support system. The book is Home Will Never Be the Same Again, A Guide for Adult Children of Gray Divorce. Carol and um, Bruce, I would like to give you each the opportunity to leave our listeners with a quick thought. Let's begin with you, Carol. A quick thought is I wanted to add one thing to what Bruce said. One other issue that's very common is uh, when the parents, uh, one is feeling more alone than, say, the one who left the marriage. Another problem that arises for the adult children is, as Bruce mentioned, the confidant issue. They'll call their adult child at work. You know, the adult child has their own children. They're trying to juggle career, children, uh, their own shock and feelings. And, again, this is very disruptive in adult children's lives. So so the main thought I would leave them with is how important it is that your voices be heard and your feelings be heard, you adult children. And I hope you'll pick up the book and see why it's so important for what you're going through to feel the validation that so many adult children say that they don't ever get and help educate the people in your sphere how important your feelings are and how to deal with them. And Bruce? Um, I guess I would want them to know that there there can be hope and healing if they can really see that their family's not uh, totally disappearing, but it is restructuring. I would want the adult children, I mean, the, the parents who are divorcing, especially if one of them wanted the divorce, uh, to understand that it's, it's unrealistic for them to expect their children to be as happy about it as they are. And again, as I mentioned earlier, avoiding um, putting the adult children in a position where they have to take sides will make it much easier for them to heal later on. And so, um, I think that would be probably the biggest thing they could do is just avoid making it more than it is. Carol and Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.